Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. My name is Peter Englert. I am here with our illustrious co-host. You had to think about it a little bit that time. Well, <laughs> you were, I'm not sorry so illustrious this week. Oh, no, no, no. I don't like saying my. It just it's weird, but I like to say our like we're a team. All right, I'll take that. Okay, yeah. that was a good that was yeah. a good catch there. I like. And then our thing. remarkable uh, producer Nathan Yoder. We. <laughs> And there he is again. When you're the producer, you get to do things like that. You do, you do. So we are here. We are here actually with a Browncroft attender. Um, I should say member too, right? Uh, We're not officially members, but we're working on it. Anyways, but Greg Coutant is from the Rochester area. Um, We are going to hear a little bit more about him. But the question that we're engaging today, why is budgeting a bad word? Aaron, you were like excited about this topic because you love budgets. <laughs> <laughs> I I do think that budgets are very useful. I think that they're they're freeing, but I can understand why someone would think that it feels like a bad word sometimes. Um, so I think we're. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to steal all Greg's thunder here. So we're. I'll let him talk about why budgeting is amazing, but I am excited about <laughs> I excited about the about the topic. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to Greg. I think he has a ton of experience and also a ton of resource on this. So, Greg, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having me on, and I really appreciate you letting me talk to your listeners. What a great privilege and honor it is for me to be here. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Greg, thanks for being with us. Why don't you tell us a little bit of your story and how you kind of landed with a passion in finance and a business? Well, uh, first of all, um, my name is Greg Coutant, and I'm married to a lovely lady by the name of Lisa for forty-one for excuse me, thirty-one years. <laughs> I've I've been a uh, Christ follower for forty-one years, and uh, the way I really came to this business, and my business is called Disciplined Financial Management. And the way I came to this business was really out of a a real desire to see my kids live joyful and productive lives. And what I mean by that is uh, what I really wanted to do was make sure that they were trained in areas that would allow them to live a joyful and productive life. And one of those areas was financial management. And really the way that I came into this is actually at a church service. So I was sitting at a church service. This was probably 14 years ago now. And the church service was packed. The congregation was all there. And, and out comes on a Sunday somebody to talk about finances. So I you know, didn't know that was going to happen. But out comes the guy to talk a little about, about finances. And so the first question that he asks is, how many people in here have a budget? He said, raise your hand if you have a budget. So it was me and one other guy who raised our hand in the auditorium. Now, now I get that, you know, if you're in a crowd, sometimes people don't wanna raise their hands, but I thought, that's kind of interesting. And then the second question that he asked was, how many of you actually teach your kids about budgeting? And then it was just me. Mm. So I thought, that's kind of interesting, you know, that, that it would just be in this, in this large group of people, just one person. So that made me think, and that kind of had the light bulbs go off in my my mind about what might be useful and that maybe I might have something that could be useful for other people. So so that's what kind of started my journey. At that point, I created something called Finance for Kids, which was a program that I still have and that I uh, did seminars for. 
And so, so, and then it grew into more of what I'm providing now on my website. Well, b back up a little bit because um, not everybody wakes up every day and says, you know what, I should budget for my kids yeah. or teach them how to do. How did you land? Did your parents have you budget or did you figure it out? Like, I mean, back us way up. Yeah. Like, because you, yeah. Yeah. So, so first of all, I, I grew up in a town called Scotia, New York, which is a suburb of Schenectady. Mm -hmm. And I would say that my parents did help me in, in basic ways to do kind of budgeting. But, but I think I, I grew up more in the idea of really doing work early on. So I got jobs early on. And so I was learning as I went uh, with, you know, using money and having to deal with it that way. So, so I would say that, yes, I grew up a little bit in that. But to be quite honest with you, I was in a, in a church service. I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, everybody does this, don't they? So, so it, was, it was a little bit more like I was a little bit surprised that, that, um, of that response. Mm. Mm. Well, that's, that's great. Well, I, I'm, uh, that is surprising. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you had the moment to see that and kind of, not an epiphany, but it started you on that, that right. uh, direction. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, maybe I, I kind of want to dig into some of the, the budget side of things too, but, yeah. um, you know, you maybe to back up even a little bit more, like Peter was saying too, you have a, you have a passion for it, obviously. Um, you know, when did that really take hold? Was there a certain life moment when it, you know, you said you had gotten jobs before, but was it like, was it when you got married that budgeting became important to you? Was it when you had kids? Um, and then when did you, I'm just curious, when did you decide to, when did you, de when did you decide? I know you, you set up a program for other people to, help teach their kids about budgeting, but wanted to become important to you. So there's kind of a multi-part question there, but I'm curious. Okay. So, so I would say that I got interested in it at a young age, probably in my college years, I was very interested in it. But, but again, it was just more personally. It was really that church service that really lit the bulb for mm. me that there could be a need out there that maybe I could, you know, could help fill. So that's really where I became very interested in in helping other people. And, and really, what I'm interested in is helping people to live in what I call financial advantage. Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent lead to advantage, but those who are hasty come surely to poverty. And that's one of my key verses in, in what I'm doing is trying to help people to live in financial advantage. And when I say financial advantage, I don't mean being a millionaire, being a billionaire. I mean being able to handle the finances and the resources that God has given you hmm. for his purposes. And that's really what I would love to see, especially within the Christian community, is to have people who can have their resources under control so that they're valuable and, and available for use by God. So that, that's really what kind of drives me. Does that make sense? What it, well, so it does make sense. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like, what did your, what did your early personal budgets like what did they what did they look like were, were they were they works in progress or were they something that uh, um, 
uh, you know, how have they, how, 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 I'm just really curious how you got started, you know, yeah. just for yourself, sure. not even for other people, but sure. like, what, what did that, what did that process look like? Yeah, I think, first of all, they're always a work in process, <laughs> but, um, but how I got started was, you know, just on pen and paper and really at a really young age, you using envelopes. And that's my, that's really how my parents budgeted their own money was using envelopes. And that's a very typical way to kind of get started. But what that really started to teach me was how I can really split up my money into different buckets. Hmm. And then once the money is in different buckets, then I can control how that money is being spent. And I can track how that money is being spent. And that's one of the other things that's really critical, I believe, in the budgeting process is the tracking of your budget as well. If you're, if you're just making a budget and writing it on a piece of paper and sticking it in your drawer, it's of, it's of limited value. If you're using it as an active tool, then it becomes very valuable. Um, so, so that's kind of how, does that answer? Yeah, no, that's good. Is that, so, so Peter, like, what do you think about that? Is that why, is that where the title comes from? Or did some people, do I think budgeting is amazing because it's organizational and some people don't like that? Is that kind of what you're, what no, you're going with I, here? Where's your... You know, I, I think I've been around, and I'm actually, this is going to lead to a question, like most couples that I know, there's one person that's spender generous, so it's not all negative, spender generous, mm -hmm. and there's another person that's more save and anxious, yeah. you know, and... <laughs> Like, and those, those aren't bad. It's just, you're trying to kind of navigate that. So, I mean, full disclosure, like in my relationship, I don't even think I'm like a spender. I'm just like, put the money where it needs to go. Let me know how much I have and I'll spend it. Like, so I'm not even like, I don't, one of the best things my parents did for budgeting for me was they took me to the mall and didn't buy anything. Mm -hmm. And so that taught me like early on, like you don't have to buy anything. But where I have had problems, and my wife would be the first one to say, is three bucks for a Starbucks drink every yeah. once in a while. So, sure. so I guess my question even for you where that's coming in is, were you and your wife always on the same page with this? Was she maybe more radical than you were with saving money? I mean, how did you navigate that? Because even when I'm hearing from you, and maybe you're just the unicorn, is you're like, you know, we all we all know making your bed's a, a big deal. Yeah. But to some people, like, it's a radical, like, make your bed. Now, yeah. I think all three of us here would say normal people make their bed. You're talking about budgets almost as if make your bed. Like, that's what you do. Like... But I guess for you, were you and your wife, and before we get to your kids, kind of on the same page with that? How have you navigated that? Or, I don't know. It, yes, I, I think in general, the two of us were on a, the same page and we continue to be on the same page for the most part. I, I think I'm a, maybe a little bit more structured in terms of, for instance, I have everything you know on the computer and, and so, and, but now she uses that as well. So So we're on the same page with that and I think in general, we have been, and I think that we both see the value of being able to understand together collectively what our finances look like. And actually, one of the modules that I have on, on my website is called Living Within Your Budget, and that really uh, includes tracking your budget. And, and my wife does a little intro to that particular module and talks about 
the value of us both tracking because we both then can see based on fact, we can see what our money looks like as opposed to one person controlling it, the other person not really knowing what's going on and then really not discussing anything um, about it. So now we can have intelligent and fact-based conversations about our finances because we both know what's going on in all of our, in our, in our budget and, and in the rest of our financial picture. Well, your, your wife's on the same page, but you have three daughters. Yes. And somehow the three of them budget. Why don't you share that journey? Because I think that that's kind of compelling even to this question, why is budgeting a bad word? Sure. Yeah. So, so first of all, I want to uh, mention the, the idea of habits. And I also want to mention the idea of as a parent, and you guys probably know, I, I know, Peter, you have young kids. I'm not sure, Aaron, about you, I but, but uh, the concept that we only have the undivided attention of our kids for a short period of time, that's an important thing for us as parents to, to kind of um, digest and, and understand. Along with that is the idea that for a, that short period of time that we have their attention, we can really shape some good habits. And so along with shaping good habits, uh, we need to understand that our kids and us at all times are developing habits, whether mm -hmm. we like it or not. So our kids, if we left them alone, they're developing good and bad habits all the time. So during that time that we have their pretty much undivided attention, we can help them to develop good habits. So that's what we tried to do with our kids was try to get them to develop some, some basic good financial habits that included budgeting. And, and what that ended up doing was to build inside of each one of them, and each one of them are very different, like you said. They're not all like uh, accountant types. Uh, we have an uh, we have an artistic person, and we have we have one who's you know very much um, a, a music person, and so so they're not all like oh yeah just give me you know I love math and I love doing spreadsheets, but but if you get them young enough and you train them in some basic things, they can actually develop habits that that turn over into adulthood, and I don't know about you guys, but you know when you're married. You can look at your spouse and, and see different things that they do, and you're like, why do you do that? <laughs> well, it's because they developed that in their youth. They, they, it's, it's something they've always done. Some of it's built in, but some of it is trained in. And so, so for our kids, what we tried to do was train them early and, and, then, and then give them more rope and give them more responsibility even early on so that they were then doing it themselves. Mm. And, and then all of a sudden, it translates and transfers very easily into adulthood. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So what was one of those first steps that you, that you did to uh, get them to create their own, you know, budget seems like such a big word yeah. for a little kid, but like no. what did you do that for them that kind of began that process? Well, first of all, um, I have a, a, a notebook that's got different envelopes in it for different categories of a budget. So what we did was we sat down with them and we said, okay, you're gonna have this, you're gonna have these different categories of money that you'll be able to use for these specific things. And again, 
being able to do that young, we could say, okay, savings is gonna be a big thing. You're gonna save. And spending is gonna be something, but it's not gonna be everything. And then you're going to also give. So part of your budget is gonna be giving. And I, I don't wanna get off track, but I just wanna mention one thing real quickly. And one of my passions, and one thing that I love about this particular topic, especially with kids, is that it's, it's about more than just money. You can actually help kids to develop really good character qualities through financial management, the idea of responsibility, appreciation. What parent doesn't say like, oh my God, how do I get these people to, to appreciate things? How do I get my kids to appreciate things? Well, if you give them money and, and they have to spend it according to their own you know, sets of rules and then they run out, they, they appreciate things more when they buy them using their own money. Mm -hmm. so, so the idea that budgeting and financial management is not just about money, but it's also about being able to establish character qualities, which again, to me, it is the Lord. The Lord uses all of these things in our lives to shape us and mold us in his image. And he can even use financial management as a tool to help us to develop some character qualities. So, so that's one thing that, um, and I'm sorry, I, I got a little bit off track there, but in terms of my three daughters, they are very different. What we tried to do was establish early on different budget categories for them so they could clearly see it and, that they, and then use cash so they could clearly see the cash. They could clearly see the cash coming out, going in. Right. All of those things really gave them an early uh, training and, and uh, education in how this all works. One other thing I'll, I'll mention is that one thing that we did with our kids as early as possible, probably age 10 or so, we gave them their clothing money for them to manage. So we felt it was our responsibility to provide the money for their clothing, obviously, especially at age 10. But what we did was we gave them the money and said, okay, here's your clothing, and, and three girls. So clothing, you know, mattered to them. And so we gave them their, their clothing money out of our budget and said, okay, you manage that. And it was great because they really, first of all, they saw what things cost and they saw how quickly money goes. And then they saw, okay, if my money's gone, I can't, I can't get anything else. Mm -hmm. so, so those are important lessons. And if you learn that early, it really does sink in. So I hope that answers your yeah, question. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. That's really interesting. So you probably have a lot of questions about budgeting, you know, when people find out what you do, you know, so what do you think are the biggest blocks today for people getting onto a budget or even getting on the same page financially with their families? Like, what do you think those blocks are as you kind of encounter these individuals? Well, uh, f first of all, I think that uh, the word budget has been kind of stigmatized hmm. over the course of time, e even to the point where people look at it as, you know, kind of like a punishment or a penalty. So for instance, even using the term being on a budget, you know, I was, I was flipping through the TV the other day and I ran across something and they were talking about money. It was a show and, and the person said, oh, I'm so sorry that you have to be on a budget. So it's like, it's like being on a budget is a bad thing. It's kind of like a, a punishment or a penalty. So, so that word has been kind of stigmatized sure. in that way. And what I try to do is turn it around and, and, and say that it's really uh, an income and expense plan. 
it's not something that meant that is meant to be punitive in any way so so I would say that that the word budget itself is a is a roadblock the other thing is I think some people look at it as something that either they don't feel like they can do or something that they want to do uh, because some people might look at it as oh, this is extra work this is tedious I don't want to do this you know it's so so I think those are two big roadblocks and, and I think the third one is the idea that it that uh, a budget can be a little bit of an accountability measure mm -hmm. and for instance some people may you know may feel more comfortable um, not not looking at things all the time like that and not seeing things that are that maybe cause them to struggle just a, just a real quick story I was uh, doing a seminar and at the end of the seminar a gal roughly my age a little bit younger came up to me and said hey Greg can you help me my my stepfather just died and now my mother is getting all of these uh, bills from all of these creditors that she didn't know even existed hmm. and so so the idea was that you know he, he was doing some things and not letting her know about it and so the the, the budget process and what was available to her was not in in plain view and and that you know that really caused problems real problems for her so so i think the whole accountability aspect of a budget can, can be a can be a roadblock for some as well hmm. no i think that's that's really uh i i love all the actually what all of you've been saying has been really interesting um even the part about your kids too i my uh we have a thanks for our our kids too that you know you split up the money between savings and um what you could spend and then or shop with and then um and then giving mm -hmm. and it's been a really useful tool so i'm hopeful that that could that continues to have you know the categories like you said are useful right. um but i also thought it was really interesting what you said about uh, how budgeting can be perceived as a bad word by because when you said being on a budget how that had been kind of turned in our culture i thought that was really um an interesting point uh you know the idea that if you're on a budget that means that you you somehow harmed yourself along the way and it's a it's a penalty almost whereas most likely i would imagine the opposite is true of people who others might view as not needing a budget uh because they can spend what feel you know whatever they people might think oh they can spend whatever they want well most likely they they probably do have a budget it would be my guess i don't know maybe not um but uh, i i i think it's a it's a this is fascinating and um what do you you know one of the things that popped in my head while you were talking is what are the what are the ramifications if you don't have a budget um you know how long can you but what have you seen? And the, you, you know, you've been doing this work for a while. What, mm -hmm. what have you seen happen? I don't even want to get necessarily into marriages yet, although I know I believe budgeting there in marriage is really important for the communication between the people. But Absolutely. just in individuals, you know, what have you seen if someone tries to operate for an extended period of time without a real solid budget? Well, for, first of all, and I don't like to get into statistics too much because statistics can be different depending on who you talk to. But I think it's safe to say that the majority of people uh, live either paycheck to paycheck or within some form of debt. And so without a budget or without some kind of an income expense plan, which I'll call it, it's hard to, 
to be able to uh, keep your head above water. I mean, mm. look, look at the situation we're in right now with inflation. Uh, if you don't have a budget and you can't see how you can cover these additional costs, I mean, my costs for gasoline have gone up. My costs for heating my home have gone up. If I don't have a budget where I can say, okay, I can move money from here to here to cover that, you can potentially get yourself in some pretty significant trouble. So, so I, think, I think there's a lot of uh, risk in terms of being able to manage your everyday life without a budget. But on top of that, a lot of people, you know, when you think about finances, a lot of people are thinking about retirement or they're thinking about how do I invest or, you know, all those things. Well, it's challenging to invest if you don't have money to invest. Mm -hmm. so, so if you don't have a budget where you're, or an income and expense plan where part of your plan is setting aside money to save and to invest, then you're not going to do that. And, and the reality is we're seeing many, many more people get to retirement age without enough money set aside. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It's not just budgeting. But, but budgeting is certainly one of those reasons mm. that people end up you know, getting to that place in their life where they just don't have the money that they need. You know, there's, there's kind of two observations that I have kind of, and I, I think this goes with budgeting, but I feel like my generation and some millennials and even Gen Z, we, we put pressure on ourselves for careers, jobs, to, to actually live the way our parents did when they were in their 50s and 60s, when we're in our 20s and 30s. Mm. You know, I, I don't know if you feel this way, Aaron, but like there was this, this kind of this attitude because, you know, the tech jobs came up, you know, it, there was a different kind of pace. Like when you graduate with a certain skill that companies are desperate for, you actually start off making more money than your parents did. And so there's this this pressure of like I see what my parents are doing or I see what, you know, my bosses and stuff are doing, but I think what's kind of missing from there was there's like 30 years of, you know, and it's little things like going to a nicer restaurant or or, you know, just how often I'll throw myself under the bus, how often you buy coffee yeah. or things like that. So I think number one, there's this there's this pressure of feeling like you have to arrive when you haven't. And I don't say that mm. disparagingly. I just mm. I just think that that's a reality of pressure, you know. And and I think the other thing is too, you know, our generation, you know, grew up, you know, I was in college. I'm going to give my age away. In 2008, the last time gas was three dollars, and there was you know, a pressure with that of, of trying to kind of live like, and I, I think our generation is kind of asking these weird questions like, should I buy a house? Like, should I have roots? And, and even kind of what you're saying is, you know, the, the habit, the practice of having a budget mm. is kind of preparing you for life in other ways, but also it kind of just reveals some of the pressures that you're putting on yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I think that uh, having a budget allows you to control your finances so that they're not controlling you. Uh, again, it's not about being a millionaire. It's not about, you know, being wealthy. It's about controlling what God has given you and managing it. And we like to use the word stewarding it, right? We, we want to be able to steward what we've been given. 
And so I think that, that the budget process helps us to do that because it gives us a, a view of what's going on and it helps us to think through you know, how we want our money to be used and allocated. And that's an important thing. I think, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I, no, no. Say, I think for, <clears throat> for me, what you just said is, uh, is, is powerful in terms of um, not, having to, not having money control you. Um, you have, you have you're, you're stewarding the money. You have the categories for the, the money that um, you've been blessed with, however it's getting to you. And uh, whether that's through work or it's <laughs> through an allowance when you're a kid, I don't know, but whatever. Um, and uh, I, I think that there is that's that's a really important point. Um, I also think for for budgeting, to me, there's a feeling of freedom, not even just not just in terms of not uh, hopefully being able to avoid um, debts that may come from unforeseen changes like inflation or whatever else um, or you know, a car, car decides not to work anymore for some, you know, there's always these things that come up, but, but also, um, even having those categories, you mentioned the different envelopes, having the different categories to me, and maybe this is just my personality is, um, if, if I spend, I do like coffee also, but so if I spend money on coffee, um, I might feel guilty about it in some ways after I spend it, unless I know that I already have set aside, I have a plan where I've already set aside X amount of money for things like that. So it's okay, I can go enjoy myself and have this coffee this this time of, of the, at this time in the month, you know, because- That's a really good you point. You know, there's a freedom really for me to enjoy that part of life. Correct, correct. Yeah. And, and, and that goes into your decision-making process in terms of your priorities. And if you're married or whatever, you, you discuss with your, your spouse, right. what, what are our priorities? And, and, and I do say and encourage people to include fun in their budget. I mean, fun should be part of some part of life. The, the other part that I think is really important is the giving part. And I, and I know that, you know, I've talked to many pastors and, and Christian leaders over the years, and, and very often th- they're very concerned about the fact that people don't tithe. Okay, well, so we have to ask, well, why is that? You know, wh- why is it that people aren't tithing? And, and at least one of the reasons is that, that they're not budgeting and don't have the, the money set aside to do that. The other thing is, and I'll always go back to this, is that they weren't trained. So, so if, you, if you train your kids to be givers, they're just gonna be givers. They're, honestly, it, it translates into adulthood because it's, that's what they did. Mm. That's what they did growing up. Yeah, I always took some of my money and I gave it away. Versus if, if you're a 30-year-old and somebody asks you, hey, why don't you give some of your money away and you've never done that before, that's a little bit more of a challenge yeah. um, to, to, to want to do that and maybe to be prepared to do that. So, so, so I think this whole process of financial management, God's using it and can use it for really great stuff. Well, you know, and I want to kind of encourage you because, you know, Jason Harris, the creative director, uh, creative arts uh, director, worship, did I get his title right? You totally hammered his title. That's wrong. It's all right. Uh, right. We know what you're talking about. You know, production. It's our our senior director of worship and production. Senior director of worship and production. Sorry, Jason. So, (laughs) but like he, he and I have talked where like the people in our generation actually really enjoy talking about money. Really? And like, tell me, and again, I I caveat that with like, not the necessarily give to the church in the ugly way, but 
we want help and you know i think that they're you know and i think this also the younger generations want to have the religion politics money all the things you're not supposed to talk about <laughs> you know and that that's kind of why we have this podcast because we we want to talk about it. and and i guess i bring that up because obviously you know i know the answer to this question go to disciplinefinancialmanagement.com um go there and take a class but what would you say to the person that's opening up and saying you know what I came from a home that didn't budget. They didn't teach me how to do it. I'm realizing as a 24 year old, I really need to do this. Mm. What would your kind of encouragement and exhortation be to them? Well, it would be hard for me not to say, go to go to disciplinefinancialmanagement.com. But, but more than that, just get trained. You know, if, if you haven't been trained or you don't know really what to do, go find out what to do and then start doing it. Don't just learn about it, but start doing it. See, I, I look at discipline, I look at financial management as really a life skill. So, so it's not just something that you learn about and you set it aside. It's something you have to practice. So, so go learn about, go, go get trained somehow in something that you can do and then do it. And then see how things, see how things play out and then make adjustments, but go do it. The other thing that I would say to your generation is I would say as parents, please train your kids because honestly, if you train them in while they're in the home, that is the best time. That is the best time to do it. If you if if you wait until they're out of the home, you know it's it's hit or miss. Some some people get it, and some people go on to be wealthy, and some people you know whatever deal with financial management later on. But if you can get them in the home early you can really help to establish some great habits that that really you know transfer into adulthood so so i would say those two things to your generation to encourage them in financial management now so like let's say someone's interested you know and let me kind of just promo this like in a good way like so i think if you're kind of thinking should i do discipline financial management and then you use the word advantage and you also use the word freedom. You're like, those three words don't sound like freedom and advantage. But, uh, and I say that jokingly, sure. but you know, so when I took the course and I forget which one I took, you know, these are five minute videos with, you know, with notes and with handouts. So it's not like, I want you all to hear this cause this is me, not Greg. It's not like rocket science or Greek. So, but, you know, going back to Aaron's question, how, what's significant about your training, not just the how, but just really what you do with people and, and just how you kind of lead them through as kind of a teaser or preview? Yeah, I, th I think what's significant, again, is the idea that, that this is, first of all, it's important and, and training, getting trained is really critical in order to, to, to be able to manage your finances. And training has been missed for most people. So most people who are in, probably in your age group, probably were never trained in, in financial management at all. And so to, to get trained is really pretty critical. So that, that's what I would, would say is, is um, you know, where, where we really need to go. Now, in terms of what I do that's maybe a little different, 
first of all, in my Finance for Kids program, or when it's online, it's called Train Your Kids, I provide a, a notebook with information for the parents on how to train their kids. And also, the notebook has envelopes for the different categories and a budget sheet, and then it has tracking sheets. So one, as I mentioned earlier, one of the key things that I believe is important in terms of budgeting is more than just creating a, something on a piece of paper, okay, here's how much I'm gonna spend in this category, and then it goes in the, in the drawer. What's really important is that you use it as an active tool. And so the way I train kids, or the way I help parents train their kids, is to be able to do the tracking as well. And the, the course in terms of finance for kids is in three phases where you basically start them out very young, just, just after they can kind of read and write, but give them a feel for, for this stuff and just give them, it, you're surprised how much kids can absorb even at an early age. So if you get them started early in phase one, that's very helpful. Then in phase two, they start looking at a budget and they start using the budget and we give them four or five categories, basic categories, saving, you know, spending, clothing, you know, basic stuff that they can then manage, start to manage with the parent's help. And then, then that moves into uh, having only one particular envelope where everything goes into. The reason why that's important is because that transitions a child from using cash in envelopes to a checking account. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna help your kids mm. see that money can be, you can have a lot of money in one place, but it's still broken down into different categories. So that allows you to easily transition from that phase into a checking account where they can still manage their money by tracking it, but their money is now in the bank in a checking account instead of in these envelopes. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. That's really good. And, and one quick thing, Greg wouldn't say this, but I would, uh, he actually wrote, a small group curriculum to kind of get you started with a conversation for kids. But I, I kind of want to focus more to the 24 year old. What do you offer and how do you teach? How different is that for, Hey, I need to get on a personal budget. You know, what does that look like? How do you kind of train and walk people through that? So, and again, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go to my website in terms of my offerings. Yeah. So, so, so what I have for one of my modules, is called uh, Get Financially Organized. That's, that's really the first step because it lays the foundation for a 24-year-old about you know what is money and how do I get organized. Not only that, but I go through what I call the financial phases of life. And to me, that is critical. And, and it's really critical for that to be learned before they become adults. But if you find yourself as an adult at age 24 or whatever, uh, that's important for you to know. And really what it does is it lays out the various phases that you everybody walks through for the most part. And what you want to try to do is get ahead of, uh, get one phase ahead so that you're planning ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, you can really dig yourself whole because you don't know necessarily what's coming. And, and th there's a book that um, Kay Coles James wrote. It's called What I Wish I'd Known Before I Got Married. And in that, she spends, she spends a, a little bit of a, of a chapter talking about finances and really wishing that as a single person, she spent more time learning about finances because she said, man, once I, once I got married, you know, I was broke. And then once kids came along, and I didn't realize all the expenses that were good. And, you know, you kind of think of it, you can, oh yeah, well, I know that's gonna happen. 
But once you hit there, you, you don't really realize ahead of time all of the expenses that are going to come along with being married and or having kids and, and whatever other, you know, parts of life, you know, hit. So, so, so in the um, Get Financially Organized module, I go through mechanics of getting organized and I also go through the phases, the financial phases of life. And that's where I would start with anybody who really felt like they needed to get trained because that really helps people understand and get a feel for what is it all about to kind of manage money and get it or get your life organized. Hmm. Hmm. Well, let's do two final questions. All right. I, you, you looked like you were ready to go, but like this no, is this good. is this is your jam. It's Budgets. Great. Yeah. I love budgets. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> so, you know, at Browncroft, we talk about this habit, you know, know and use your gifts. And you've been talking about this habit. And, you know, we, we kind of look at that as, you know, it's serving with your time, but it's giving with your money. You've kind of touched on this, you know, and I think where what I'm reflecting on, even as we kind of close this episode, is if you don't have a plan and that need comes up, you know, you can't really give where you want to give. Right. And, right. you know, so I, I think about this, you know, the younger generation, I'll throw myself in there, even though I'm not so young, I got some more gray hairs. Um, like we'll pay, you know, the we'll pay extra for the socks that if we buy a pair of socks, the company will give a pair of socks, you know, like that's kind of the model of healthy consumerism, I'll say. But I think kind of what you're saying is, you know, whether or not you believe in Jesus or not, you know, without some type of income expense, you know, you're, you're cutting down on your freedom right. and even more so to make a difference is that, you know, someday you're going to want to give money somewhere. And if you don't have it, you just don't have it. I, I think that's what you're, I mean, mm -hmm. go ahead, share more, or push back yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also regarding the buying of the socks, the more expensive socks or whatever, that's where I think we can also get ourselves into trouble with with uh, the word budget again. Because again, you should be able to buy those. If you wanna buy those socks, that's fine. All, what I'm saying is that if you have an income and expense plan, like you said earlier, you can then set aside money that says, you know what, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do things like that. Or I'm going to buy the, the extra coffee because it makes me, you know, I like that. Or whatever you, you wanna build into your life, you can do that. And, and the, the beauty of a budget is it's all right in front of you. So, so you make those decisions and then you allocate funds according to your decisions and your priorities. And if you say, you know what, that's part of the way I want to give is I want to give, you know, uh, to companies that do things that I want them to do. So I'm going to buy their products and that might be a little bit more expensive, but that's part of what I really want to do. Fine. You make that work within your budget. It's not, it's not that you can't do that because you have a budget. You can do that because you have a budget, mm. you know? So, so if you have a budget and everything is laid out according to your priorities and your spouses, if you're married, then, then you have the freedom to, to do what you want to do based on your priorities and based on your income. Obviously, you know, depends on your income. Mm. No, I'm so glad you, you did that. So the final question we always ask is, what does Jesus have to say about this topic? So Aaron and I respond to it and then, uh, Greg, you got to pick up the mess. So whatever, you know, whatever mess we leave. So who's going first? I can go first if you want. 
you're like so excited about this topic. No, I, I, think, I love it. I love it. I think it. it's great. I mean, I think, um, I think there's a, you know, the question, what does Jesus have to say about this? I mean, there's, there's a lot of places in the Bible where we're, we're called to be good stewards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, that's one way that as a Christian, I can honor, um, Jesus is by being a good steward with the resources he's given me. But, um, you know, even, as we were talking, I mean, like, you know, even, even, even back to the beginning, um, you know, having to be good stewards of the creation that God made, people had to, you know, the Adam and Eve story, you know, I don't know if he had a, a budget because there probably wasn't money necessarily, but he had to make good use of, uh, he, the Adam and Eve had to make good use of the resources that were in front of them. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, there is there is a power to that idea of there being um it's not the the budget is a constraint in some ways but it's actually a freedom giving (laughs) constraint is the wrong word because it has a negative connotation um it's the accountability measure you Mm -hmm. mentioned that before Mm -hmm. um but there's a there's a there's a freedom in that and i think that that's i think uh jesus wants us to be free in many many ways um, and not being a slave to money and certainly not to uh, debt is a is right. a one way that it's good for us to be free. So anyways, that's I think that uh, I think that budgeting is a good thing. So, um, you know, Pastor Rob, a few years ago, the senior pastor at our church, it was I think it was in a series, um, The Life You Always Wanted. It was on the Sermon on the Mount where he talked about there's a verse in the Bible that says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that he framed it because, you know, what Rob said was, you know, where your money goes, your heart goes. And just even that directional nuance. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think what a budget does, it's more of a revealer than anything. You know, so if, even for someone like me, I've joked about the Starbucks, like, is your money going to your comfort and, you know, your pleasure? And there should be some money there. But is that the only thing that it's going to? And I, I think even what you're talking about is far more a life of meaning, a life of wonder. And, and by, by making these sacrifices, you might end up experiencing life, you know, in a, in a spiritual way that is going to matter and make an internal difference. And I, I think that that's kind of the challenge that you're giving us and even why you're so passionate about the training that you do. So, yeah. Well, those are good words. I personally think that the scriptures talk about and refer to money all over the place. Obviously, I think it was Larry Burkett who said, you know, that the Bible uses money references more than anything else. I haven't checked that myself, but but I'll believe him on that. But but I think that what the Bible does and what scripture does and that thereby God in, you know, through Jesus and through his disciples and in the Old Testament shares is first of all is that he acknowledges that money is part of our life and when i talk about money in that way i also uh, group possessions in with that as well i mean our money and our possessions those things are are part of life Mm -hmm. and so while uh, money and possessions are not the most important thing in life they are important and they need to be dealt with and so we we have some relationship with money and with with our possessions. And so so I think also the scriptures really say, okay, that being the case, be careful 
because those shiny objects, whether they're coins or uh, dollar bills or possessions or a car or a house or whatever, they can lead you in directions that are going to really challenge you know, your character and what I want from you and where I, what I want you to be about. So I think, I think the scripture really challenges us on how we're to look at money and possessions as well. And then to, to, to kind of offset that, I, I think he says, you know, I think the scripture says, be generous, be generous with your money. Uh, make sure that you're giving it away to other people. Make sure that you're listening to me, God, for how I want you to be using the resources that, that I've given you. So really the resources you have are mine. You're managing them for me. Be open to how I want you to use them. But, but it's harder to be open to that if we're so strapped mm. in our finances that we have no place to move. Uh, so, so that's really my passion is to see people living in financial advantage to the point where they're controlling the resources that they have so that they're available to God whenever God wants to use them. Does that make sense? No, it does, man. Thank you so much. And uh, man, I, you know, we've had what, four or five coffees or something. So here we are. So yeah. uh, people can find you at disciplinefinancialmanagement.com. Correct. And disciplined is with a D on the end, disciplinedfinancialmanagement.com. So it, it's in the past tense. So there you go. <laughs> um, Greg, thanks for sharing with us. And also you're on LinkedIn. You're pretty active there. So, Correct. Correct. Um, you know, you might see him on Facebook or Instagram at some other point. But no, Greg, Greg, thanks for being with us. Um, our website, uh, the best way to get a hold of us is go to whygodwhypodcast.com. Uh, you can subscribe there. You can hear this and many other episodes. We're so glad that you joined us today. Thank you so much. Thank you.